Yo, we back. You read that title? You already know what time it is. We're getting into this power. Book three, Raising Canaan, season one, episode three. I was really, really looking forward to this episode after everything that happened episode two. Y'all remember how episode two ended. You know what? Let's play the uh, intro music. Get a people who haven't seen it yet some time to get out because spoilers. And then we're going to get into it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so before I cut myself off to give the spoiler folks they exit music. <laughs> um, yeah, after the events of um, episode two, I was really looking forward to episode three. Like the whole shit was just. I mean, I saw the play coming, you know what I'm saying, with uh, D-Wiz. I kind of figured as soon as Rock started asking Kane and them questions and everything about where he got the guns from and stuff like that, I kind of knew, like, as soon as Unique was like, the streets want a body, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Wiz. He already walking around in broad daylight in the middle of school talking about he the one that killed the nigga anyway, which they played a clip from that um, scene right before we got into the episode so i knew <laughs> that that d was was on the chopping block he moving crazy well he ain't moving crazy it's canaan fault he wanted to ride out on the boy but i just knew because rock me or you i feel it like she's one of them people like it's either gonna be mine or yours yours already got what he got on his record and shit my son wouldn't even have the gun if it wasn't for him. Like, sacrifices made. But episode three, let's go ahead and get into it. It's uh, titled Stick and Move. We basically hit the corner, right, to learn why hustling is a young man's game by way of narration from 50 Cent, you know, playing Canaan or older Canaan or dead Canaan. What is the narration? Is that like future dead Canaan or in heaven Canaan speaking on or is this Canaan in his head reliving his life I don't know anyway <laughs> it just came to mind uh yeah so we learned by way of 50 cents narration that um the corner you know what I'm saying hustling all that it's a young man's game and that somebody always coming for you like something always gonna happen to mess you up Detective Malcolm and his homie uh, pull up. They do this whole big corner bust or whatever, round up everybody on the block. Uh, one of the dudes, who obviously he like the lieutenant out there, he calling all the plays and shit. He end up running, like taking off. Detective Malcolm chase him down. He end up getting left washed in a laundromat because <laughs> the boy cut through a laundromat and was like gone. He dipped out between some little back alleyways or whatever, Detective Malcolm, old, struggling ass, <clears throat> was left on that folding table looking crazy. Now, we cut back over to Rock and Symphony having another sex scene. <laughs> they really like each other, apparently, because I think this one, the third one, second one, third one, there was another one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Symphony was supposed to leave to go type a paper for one of his college classes at the library 
But you decide to have sex again <laughs> with Rock <laughs> after, you know, she pretty much tell him, like, hey, I'm bald and I got a little Macintosh downstairs. You can type that up. You know what I'm saying? It's not a big deal. You ain't got to leave. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? He jumped back in that thing and, and uh, you know, you give good love. <laughs> we switch scenes from there to find um, Kanan, I guess, they had the memorial or whatever. So we find Kanan with D Wiz's um what they call it, service program, his funeral program. And, you know, he got that look on his face, like, damn, he fucked up behind this shit. I could see it on his face anyway. He ain't wasn't taking it good. But uh Kanan decides to walk out of the room. Got my boy Symphony right there in his drawers, you know what I'm saying? He vibing out to his music, getting his paper typed up, you know. We see the Macintosh or whatever. And I just want to say, I really appreciate, I mean, they're supposed to do this, but it's dope that, I don't know, I always find it dope when shows like this can, like, take us back in time, because that Macintosh was old as fuck. I was a little perplexed at the microwave, but then, at the same time, I wasn't, like, around in the 80s, so I don't know if microwaves was, like, that high tech i guess i don't know it looked that microwave from the dog scene in episode one it looked high tech but that's you know the, neither here nor there let's focus on episode three so yeah dog symphony right there he typing up his paper can walk in like who the fuck are you like what who is this who is you who is you symphony obviously like oh yeah damn you know your mom says you was gonna be at school but uh what's up my name is symphony or whatever this one rock comes out you know what i'm saying this motherfucker asking questions uh canaan like he paid bills in the house rock got straight to the point why your ass ain't at school which is what i wanted to know <laughs> the man said you were supposed to be at school you dragging but obviously everything that has taken place with d wiz and everything. I'm pretty sure Kanan not too excited about getting to school. And he mentioned that, you know what I'm saying? He said, we're taking his time or whatever, whatever. Obviously, Rock is going to have some understanding of that. But she made it clear this nigga don't pay bills in the house. <laughs> so only questions that's important is mine. And I'm finna take your ass to school. Symphony tried to hop in a little bit. It's like, you know. Be easy on them, da da da. Rock shut it down immediately. Like, you focus on your college work. Let me handle my son. In discussion, <laughs> and I fuck with that because I hate when. Well, I don't hate, but I don't know. It's always weird to me when you know people with kids or whatever they get partners, and then immediately, almost immediately, that partner is like in the step parent role like nah he's into that like, that's your kid don't put that on nobody even if they are what was it even if they are receptive to the role like just ease into it it's a new transition for everybody the scene pretty much ends with um rock and kanan having a conversation in the car rock wants kanan to stay focused on school keep his grades up you know, she apologized to him that, you know, he's hurting behind D-Wiz or whatever. But he is a student first before all this drug shit or whatever, whatever. And this is the reason why I wanted you to go to the little fancy white school with the new building and all this other shit. 
course, Kanan don't give a fuck about none of that, but it's his mom, so he's taking all the information in and just letting it be what it is. This scene, though, like the end of this scene, it kind of made me realize, you know, Rock, she not flashy, flashy, but she definitely letting the, you know what I'm saying, the town know she got a little bread. <laughs> I just noticed because, like, they pulled out. I want to say that's like an old school Range Rover. I don't know the brand of that truck that uh, Rock drives, but. I want to say it's like an old school range. It looked like it anyway. But then I'm looking. She got a two-story house on a block full of townhomes. Like, it's literally a bunch of flats and um, and, and uh, townhouses on her street. <laughs> but when she pull out her little gated driveway, you know what I'm saying? Two-story cribbo. I fought with stuff like that. Because <laughs> flex on people. If you out here doing sh illegal shit, right? It's okay. To look like you got money or whatever, or look, you know, at least like you're not hurting. But goddamn, don't be overboard. She playing it right, at least to my knowledge, because I don't know what having money looks like in the 1980s. She could be being flashy as fuck. Cause Symphony was surprised when she said she had an old Macintosh collecting dust, and he was like, "Damn, you got a computer, but I gotta go to the library," you know. But I don't know. That's just me. We go back over to Detective Malcolm, though, who has caught his breath, but now he's getting chewed out <laughs> by his boss at the police station. Old boy wanted a bigger bust than that. Like, he's like, you rounded up these little corner boys or whatever, whatever. They don't got nothing on them. We about to send their ass back out with some candy bars and a little soda after sitting in the lobby all day like, you did nothing. We got two dead kids in a community, well-known families. The whole community is in mourning. Like, I knew these kids, even though I didn't. Like, they still had some kind of tie to me. Like, I need real results, not no little corner boy bus or whatever. Boss man pretty much told them, bring in some bigger fish or y'all ass is getting demoted. <laughs> This scene, we cut back over to Rock and Lou and Marvin, who are all sitting in the car, peeping, you know, checking out all their corners or whatever that got hit. Rock asked, you know, how unique corners looking. And Lou was like, they ain't get touched. Instantly, Rock put two and two together. Unique cutting corners, you know what I'm saying? Making deals, diming them out and, you know, trying to one, one up her. As far as competition goes. So she's instantly like, we need to think bigger, create some kind of plan to get us out of like public view or whatever. So we're not necessarily on the corners, but people know we are here in the streets. And this made me flash back to Power Book One with Ghost and them, right? Because she's talking about thinking bigger and everything. Lulu mentioned um the bodega that they have which rock was like nah that's a temporary means um they ain't even got the camera system all the way installed so that's bull you know what I'm saying we that's just something to have something for now but he wants to move bigger so or she wants to move bigger so i'm thinking like this is where jamie got gets the idea you know what i'm saying to have truth the clubs you know it's club truth because Rock and her family, they're dealing with a club owner right now that they just supply drugs to, but they be there so often 
they might as well own it. And then you think about the fact Canaan is the one that taught Ghost everything he knew. And as we are learning, Canaan is getting all his game from his mom and her crew. So I don't know. That's just my little loose connection to Power Book 1. I might be right. I might be wrong. We'll see later on in the season. But for now, she wants the boys back on the corner as quick as possible. Marvin tells her, you know what I'm saying, our connect is like, he want to sit down with you and have a conversation before we get any more. So you need to go ahead and do that. She does. <laughs> we flash over to what it looks like to be a senior citizen home. They playing bingo and shit. It's a bunch of old folks. He's man that cut off his mama or auntie or whoever that is. Grandma, I don't know. He done cut off her hearing aid so he can have this conversation with Rock. From here, we're introduced to a brand new character to this series. His name is Dean with the Tijuana Connect. You know what I'm saying? He's the one supplying everybody in the city. He explains he is not going to get in between Unique and Rock because he supplies you both. But it can't be no more drug busts and all this shit on Rock's end. Because if the feds or if anybody in the, what is it? any authorities looking into you obviously that's a bad sign so he tell her if this shit happened again we're gonna rethink our business dealings together on the way out though rock makes a suggestion to unique's bodyguard that we're gonna end up seeing play out towards the end of the episode but i ain't gonna jump into it just yet let's roll into the next scene we go back to detective malcolm who is receiving some fucked up news man dog got leukemia and he don't seem to be enthusiastic about reaching out to his family members in alabama to try to help him you know with surgery or anything i think the lady said he needed a bone marrow transplant then he was gonna have to start like chemotherapy radiation but uh detective malcolm like i done burnt all of my bridges with my family alabama so fuck them niggas from here we transition over to um jukebox and nicole who are having a little you know singing competition date style thing i don't know this is one of them old old things that don't happen no more um at the mall where it'd be a video store you to go up there and um do like these <laughs> duet videos with a fake background and shit like that they doing that it's real 1980s shit like i wasn't even alive when they was doing this i mean i was but they had like before I was able to go to the mall by myself, they had done phased that stuff out already. Like the most you could do by the time I was old enough to go to my to the mall by myself was maybe a photo shoot at the little <laughs> picture places. But they wasn't doing this live duet recorded video thing yet. But we go back over to Detective Marvin and his partner. I still don't know this white lady name, man. It's bothering me because <laughs> I could have Googled this shit before I started recording, but I've just didn't didn't care. I'll have it for the next episode. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so he's having an argument with his detective. Now I did peep. They was outside of the doctor's office. He just got this news that he got this, you know, life threatening disease, like really serious leukemia. But he get in the car talking about, you know, I'm, my colon is clean. I don't know. He said something. He said something to the effect. That will make him seem like he's healthy. I understand why he wouldn't want to disclose his 
you know, personal health business with this new partner he just got. But he didn't have to say anything, really, because she's new. I don't think she would have asked. It's just weird that he he in such denial or not denial. I just caught that he's like not very accepting of what's happening right now. But after Malcolm <laughs> argues this lady to the ground, let her know, bitch, I know who the fuck I am. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? People fear me in these streets. He had a whole little monologue or whatever. It was dope. It was dope. <laughs> really uh, in character, I guess. <laughs> After this scene, though, we cut back over to Jukebox and Nicole, who are having this whole lovebird singing moment. <laughs> they doing a duet of the deals, two occasions, which if you read the uh, title for this particular review, this is where it comes from. I really fuck with that song. Like, I only think of you. Like, bruh, <laughs> that's the jam. Two occasions? Day and night? Bruh, come on now. You can't, can't front on the deal. I don't know no other <laughs> The Deal songs. But that only, I only think of you on two occasions. That's day and night? I go for, bruh. <laughs> Shout out to The Deal, wherever they at. Shout out to the power staff and everybody who made this moment happen. Like it's dope that they keep doing these like references musically to the time period. I really, really appreciate that. Somebody who like loves music. I fuck with shit like that. Like having this moment in here and then we get to see jukebox singing again. Like the white girl could sing the cold. Like she was holding her own. She had a little, little vocals on a, on a, on the throat. Now she has some vocals. But Jukebox came in there and let it be known, I'm the singer on the stage. <laughs> Dope moment, though. Let's get back into what we came here to talk about, the rest of the episode. <laughs> Marvin goes to see his white queen at the club. I don't know this lady's name either. And I, I promise you guys, like, I, I, I don't mean anything by that. It's just I know Nicole, you know what I'm saying? Her character sticks out. This lady... With the dog that got microwaved or whatever, I st I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn everybody's name, right? Who's important? Next recap review, we good. Don't hold me to that, but <laughs> I'm gonna try. Anyway, Marvin gives her <laughs> a new dog that he got from somebody as payment for something. Nigga shit, boy. Like this, <laughs> it's crazy, but it's a big ass Rottweiler. Uh, the lady, she like it or whatever. And I guess it's going to be an acceptable, acceptable replacement to the overcooked Pomeranian. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she gives him a dog. Well, he gives her the dog and she gives him some mouth. <laughs> yeah. Scene ended with a little wet mouth BJ. Of course, we didn't get to see it, you know, but implied i know we know we know what took place when she dropped down and unzipped <laughs> we go back over to canaan no he's at the stash house pissed obviously <laughs> because you know more than the loss of his friends mama won't let him get out on the corner blah 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 so he uh questioning the babysitter boy i don't know his name either i don't think i should learn it because he seemed like real side character to me but if i get him i get him anyway He's questioning the babysitter boy about what the talk is in the streets with D-Wiz. They pretty much agree on the same thing. Rock let him know 
back in the car scene that he need to stay low. Don't be out here trying to correct nobody or defend D-Wiz or whatever because the heat is off of you now. So let that be what it is. He taking his, uh, his mom's advice in that scene by not, you know, put raising any antennas on the babysitter boy. Cut back over the jukebox and the cold. You know, they reminiscing on their uh, duet moment <laughs> video in hand. But um, Jukebox realized, man, it's time for her to go. She got to go uh, do her boosting thing with her boys. Nicole is scared. Don't get caught. You know, lovey-dovey, please stay with me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Y'all watched it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, lovey-dovey scene. Stay with me. Don't go. You're going to get caught. Why is she putting that negative energy on my dog, Juke? Don't know. <laughs> I do know. She wanted to be safe. But moving along. Kanan um, spots Davina out the window of the trap house. So he decides to run out real quick and, you know, chop it up with her. I think that's Davina's like, either that's her baby sister or that's her kid. I want to say it's her baby sister because the mom, when she pulled up to the schoolhouse after Davina got into the fight, she was real like postpartum looking. Saying that she's struggling because she got two girls and no man around to help all this other bullshit. But I'm assuming that's her baby sister, but it could be her kid. But I'm assuming it's her baby. I think it's her baby sister. Anyway, they have a discussion. You know what I'm saying? She comes straight out, like ask if she knew any, if Kanan knew anything about uh, Buck 20 and D-Wiz having beef or whatever. And if uh, D-Wiz is the one that killed Buck 20 and all this other shit. Canaan, being mindful of what his mama told him, you know what I'm saying? He don't raise no antennas. He's like, I heard some stuff, but, you know, that's hearsay in the streets. Um, D-Wiz wasn't that kind of person. I feel like they got the wrong guy, but it is what it is. I don't know. She accepts that. We cut over to Rock um, having a meeting with Dean's bodyguard. She basically paying him for information on Unique's next drop. Remember I said. Oh I told you. Unique and Rock are getting. Their supply from this same dude. Dean with the Tijuana Connect. So she want information. On the next drop. Obviously. To do what <laughs> Unique did. To her and her crew. That scene ends with us flashing back. Well not flashing back. Cutting over to um, Juke and her boys. Hitting uh, you know. Their little boost. They. Hopping on the truck, stealing all the name brand merchandise from the people who left the shit open in the back alley and all this other stuff. They boosting. That's how boosting works. We run into a snack, though, because one of them people who is quite disrespectful. Talking about this why you don't send a, a woman to do a man's, a bitch to do a man's job. I ain't like that. Because you way more hard than any of them niggas, bro. She pulled that uh box cut out on his ass. He got right. But... They hit a little snag because one of the security guards obviously came through and was like trying to apprehend. And he hit man, then start beating him down. Like, and Juke jumped in because they ain't about that. Like, y'all still in clothes or whatever. Like, we're not trying to add assault, battery, and attempted murder, all this other shit onto this shit. Like, we just trying to sell these clothes to make some money. Like, don't complicate the situation. They end up leaving or whatever. Scene is Rock and Detective Malcolm end up meeting up. 
Rock make a couple jokes about <laughs> Detective Malcolm having unique dick down his throat <laughs> because obviously she know like you came after my boys because that nigga gave you some information. So now I got some information for you. This could be big for you. Apparently, Malcolm is desperate enough to take the information because remember, he told Unique he was going to help him take over Rock's uh, corners in business or whatever. Now he actively working against him with this information. But we understand why because Boss Man at the beginning was like, you need something big or your ass is getting demoted. So, it is what it is. I can see the predicament he's in. We cut over to Lou at the studio. He's pulling up to uh, drop off some drugs. We get introduced to another new character, Crown Camacho, played by none other than Quincy Combs. If you don't know who Quincy Combs is, Google fucking Diddy. Click on the shit that says kids. He's one of Diddy's kids. <laughs> um, actually, let me be clear. His name is Quincy Brown. Now he's Diddy's stepson. His biological dad is I'll be sure, but he was adopted by Diddy because Kim Porter is Quincy's mom. Y'all know Kim Porter and Diddy. They dated for like ever, had kids together, you know, family. <laughs> but this was a dope scene to me because I am a big music head myself. Like I have a degree in it and music and um audio visual production and all that so it's like that kind of took me back to my college days being in in studios seeing all the equipment and stuff or whatever but it was dope because they was recording the artist and then on top of that this scene in particular gave us a little bit of insight into lou as a person like Apparently, his dad was really into music, and that's how he learned the whole studio equipment knowledge and all that other stuff like that. So that, I felt like that was dope, especially because Rock was saying that they needed to expand in a big way and kind of get out of the way. So I'm feeling like at this point, we introduced to this music producer slash DJ kid, Crown Camacho, like I said, played by Quincy. Um we get some insight into Lou's history on music. He's related to rock. So I'm pretty sure her dad or uncle, I, I forget, are they brothers or cousins? Either way, there's music, a musical background to the uh, family, which is dope because in real life, 50 Cent's a rapper. So I like that. Um, that little tie-in. Um, yeah, so this got me thinking if it's not the club, like truth, like how Jamie had truth, then it'll be a studio or an artist or whatever, like looking for a way to legitimize their money, but make more and shit like that. So I'm interested now to see what their plan is with that, because Lou's lady, I don't know her name either. Uh, oh, yes, I do. Jessica. Lou's lady, Jessica, like she mentioned famous who is Kanan's friend, one of his boys and his crew, whatever, that's supposed to be like a dope rapper or whatever. He's always into music. So I'm figuring that's going to tie in at some point because Kanan's in the business. They're going to need people that's, you know, they're going to need people. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> we cut over to Marvin 
he's going through Juke Boss's room and Candy walks in. <laughs> Him and Juke switch keys sometimes, apparently. That's the story that uh, Candy gave. But after uh, Marvin takes his house key back, <laughs> saying, my shit ain't no motherfucking clubhouse that y'all can just come into whenever the fuck y'all want to. Uh, <laughs> they make a deal. You know what I'm saying? Candy tells Marvin, I will talk you up in front of my mom maybe suggest some of her, uh, your ideas to her whatever and in return i just want you to put me on the corner a little bit so i can make a little money now i'm assuming that he wants to make this money for davina you know what i'm saying because when they saw each other i hate the mic <laughs> when they saw each other she was on the way to pawn one of her dad's light tools or whatever so she can get diapers for the uh, baby, baby sister. I'm going to go with sister until somebody or until the show tell me daughter. I feel like it's sister. Um, so, you know, Kanan being uh, in love with the girl next door ass nigga he is, I think he's trying to get a little bread so he can um, help her out, which is noble. They both agree on the terms. Marvin gives Kanan eight grams, tell him, you know, what he need to do to flip that and how much he can expect to make off of it. Cool scene cuts. We cut back over to Rock, who is at her house in Kanan's room, <laughs> just reminiscing on life with this nigga. And then Jukebox walks in. Rock, on the other hand, <laughs> is way more receptive to her niece <laughs> being inside her house because <laughs> Kanan is marvin's nephew so the reaction was like nigga <laughs> we family but you don't live here so give me my fucking key rock on the other hand was remember we used to live here we used to have girl time we don't do that no more let's let's get back into it they discuss um the new loves in their life rock picked up immediately like you've been distant a little distant from the family you got somebody you couldn't hide the smile on her face Rock goes ahead and confides, confides in jukebox and lets her know I got somebody too making me smile like that. And they had this cool uh, heart to heart as, you know, black women and basically come to the conclusion or not the conclusion, but Rock says something pretty dope. Like, you know, we deserve love. And I, I agree. We cut over to Lou and Jessica, this, uh, this lady. They having a moment or whatever. She trying to reassure him like I wasn't trying to push up on nobody at the studio or whatever. Lou is secure but with himself. He like, I ain't tripping. I saw you making a play or whatever. It is what it is. I'm not tripping. She is motivating him though. By the end of their conversation, she's trying to motivate him to get into music because like I said, he just expressed all this musical background in that scene. And I'm thinking, like I said, this might be how they I don't know, shuffle some money around for the business. So the fact that they doubled back to it in this scene, I'm assuming oh, that's just my prediction. I'll say that for the season, they're going to end up finding a way to put their drug money into music and make it something cut back over to detective Malcolm and his partner sitting in their boss's office. Once again, he's telling them he got the info for the drop um, for unique partner backs him up in front of boss man saying if he has this information and she trusts him and that obviously by the way he looked at her well detective malcolm looked at her that was like a a moment for them like a, a a friendship building moment or a partner building moment like 
he took notice to it and he appreciated it because that ultimately led boss man to be like all right we're gonna call in the drug task force or whatever and pull up on this bus this scene cuts and we end up back with Kanan and Jukebox who are with their crew at this local park or whatever. Kanan is trying to uh, flip his new drug so he can get this money. Jukebox gives him a quick lesson, you know, saying she's not in the game because she make enough money boosting. That's what she said. She's not in the game because she make enough money boosting, but she know how the shit work. She tell him what to do, who to target, overcharge the college kids. You should be straight. From this scene, we cut back over to Rock and Symphony, who are having sex again. <laughs> and then they have this whole, what are we moment? Why you like me? We different. We so different. Why you like me? And why I like you is because of this and this, that, and the third. Cool scene. They obviously really feeling each other. Rock likes the fact that he lives, um, well, Symphony lives a completely different life than she does. And that, he knows things that she don't because she likes to learn. I fuck with that. I, I, that's a lot of the reason why I be following for people too. Like, man, you putting me on to some new shit. Like, you stimulating my mind and all this other shit. That's what's happening with Rock. Symphony is like, you know what I'm saying? You got a story to you, but it's not the traditional, like, regular, oh, I've been battered, beaten, and bruised by, like, men in society. Like, you got a real authentic, like, I come from nothing. I'm making myself work to something story. Overall, they two opposites that are attractive. And it's working out because they smart, <laughs> in my opinion. Like they both intelligent. So it's working out. Two dumb people coming from the from the same from different worlds or a smart person and a dumb person, that ain't gonna really work out. The two dumb people might, but that'd be more toxic than anything. <laughs> I feel like Rock and Symphony, they straight. But after the what are we moment, <laughs> we cut back over to uh, the kids in the park. You know, Kanan and his crew. Famous has completely distanced himself from the illegal activity. Not on purpose. He just <laughs> he just uh, caught what well, his attention got caught by the hip hop kids. They was over there freestyling and shit. So he's over there with them spitting bars. You know what I'm saying? Um, Juke is having so much trouble making a sale <laughs> she having trouble boy that little white boy was like i could tell this is stolen material and i'm gonna call the cops <laughs> she had to cuss this ass side get the fuck on stop and stop getting in black business bitch <laughs> you know what because i felt rock i mean not rock i felt um juke right there in that moment you know what i'm saying like god damn if you ain't gonna buy it just get the fuck on you ain't got a shit on my biz but canaan on the other hand he flipping these drugs. Now, I personally would have not done no goddamn two grams for 50. Like, nah. I would have overcharged him. Like, <laughs> as soon as he was uh, like, oh, that's really, it's a really good price or whatever. I would have overcharged him just like Jukebox was telling him to do. I don't know why he cut a deal talking about two for 50. But on the flip side, now that I think about it, it's good business because if people know you got your shit for the low they're gonna come back to you they're gonna do everything they can to get back to you before they go fuck with somebody who paying or who's asking for more but it is what it is the moral of this scene was <laughs> jukebox was struggling after telling canaan don't fuck it up <laughs> canaan is doing fine after telling jukebox he got this 
and famous is displaying his ability that his sister Jessica, who is dating Lou, said that he, you know, he's he's good at rapping. So, you know, I'm starting to see these pieces of the puzzle moving together. It's looking like it might be one of them things where famous ends up being incorporated into the business by way of being a not I don't want to say scapegoat, but like a, a front man. Like you're the famous rapper or whatever. Cause they do this. Quiet as this you know what? Let's move on, because I ain't trying to put nobody business out there. <laughs> Back to Canaan. <laughs> yeah, so we get a little steal shot right there. 50 cent narrates once again. Like that first sale is always the one that gets you hooked. That shit felt right. You know what I'm saying? Canaan got this big ass grin on his face. Like, yeah, I just made my first money selling drugs. I'm excited. CNs. <laughs> then we flip back over to Malcolm and his partner. They on the stakeout. The other motherfuckers on the stakeout with him are making mistakes. But it's not time yet. Same car keeps circling the block. We on our third circle. We're supposed to get to four. And then they're going to pull up. So we cut back over to Kanan, who is bringing Davina some groceries. So I was right. And, uh, you know, she's very appreciative, appreciative of the congestion and stuff. They get a little um, happy in the vibe enough. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> they share a kiss. <laughs> and uh, we saw this coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kane had been crushing on this girl since goddamn 10-minute mark of episode one. <laughs> and... She been showing interest as well, but just being respectful to the fact that she was dating Buck 20 or whatever. So now that Buck is out of the way, you know what I'm saying? Like time for Kanan to step in, time for them to get their little shit going on. Kiss starts it all. We'll see how that plays out. Maybe Davina will feel some kind of way next episode because she's still more than Buck 20. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But cut back over to Detective Malcolm and his partner. The drug bus is underway. You know what I'm saying? They was doing the exchange or whatever. The same van that Malcolm told these motherfuckers to look like it's empty. He saw the heads moving. The, the drug, the uh, lookout. He yelled five oh. Car chase ensued. That shit ended with a police car crashing into the side of the car that ran through the red light that had the drugs in it. Uh, we're assuming this is a win for Detective Malcolm. Now, I say assuming because the face he made then like, look like, oh, yes, we got it. But then at the same time, it did have a little relief. So I don't know. I couldn't tell based on the facial expressions whether they got it done or not. But we cut back over to Lou and Marvin, who are are checking unique's empty corners and realizing that this man ain't got no product still i have to assume i don't know based on how michael face looking we'll find out in the next episode but nobody on the corner i'm assuming as well that the drug bus actually worked out because look there's no nobody on unique's corners unique's rolling through like man what the fuck going on with my folks at obviously he put two and two together at the same time, Rock and Kanan, they went to go visit um, D-Wiz's mom to, you know, remember him and pray and stuff. 
this turns out to be pretty therapeutic for Kanan, obviously, because best friend. But it's also a stark reminder to him that he need to take his mama advice seriously so that this shit don't happen again because he don't want to have to go through this pain no more. Unique uh, passes Lou and Marvin. They exchange glances. So we know what time it is. Unique is privy. You know what I'm saying? He understand. Oh, okay. It just so happened y'all out here when my corner dries. My corners are dry. Got no product. Okay. We'll see, we'll see what time it is. But this scene ends the episode. Kanan sheds tears. You know, Rock is being a supportive parent slash friend slash, you know, wolf, wolf in sheep's clothing. Like, because she got that boy killed. She the one that ordered the hit on him. So, but that ends the episode and now we're ready to see what happens in episode four i'm excited for it um they opened up a lot more possibilities i'm interested to see how the leukemia thing plays out with detective malcolm clearly him and his partner are going to start getting along better so i ain't you know that is what it is um i'm interested to see the club owner lady or manager, the white lady that uh, Marvin is sleeping with. I'm interested to see their relationship grow because they have this weird thing where they more private than they are open. But she liked this nigga and he liked her, but he's too, I don't know, macho. I don't know what the word. He, I don't know. He running from his feelings, but not at the same time. Anyway, interested to see how that plays out. Interesting to see what happens next with Lou and this music thing and Jessica and famous, how they all end up tying more into the business or whatever. Um, interested to see what's going to happen with Juke and Nicole, because she was, you know, not feeling the, this whole boosting thing, but Juke got to do what she got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody in can't be rich white girl, like Nicole that can go back to her, you know, nice side of town and just chill. So, interested to see how that um information kind of not bothers their relationship but i'm interested to see how it plays out in their relationship and i'm interested to see how Kanan starts moving now that he had to sit with his mom and deal with his mom and witness all the tears and all the you know work and stuff davina got um the storyline with davina is starting to pan out like they 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 episode three was good i like episode three i like that i'm like interested in seeing what's gonna happen next unique and, and his boys and his connections with malcolm or whatever and knowing how rock move and shit like i'm interested to see like they i don't know this they made me really really excited i'm anticipating episode four but y'all get in the comments wherever i post it's at um find me at b-r-i-a-n-s-a-p-p-h brian saff on whatever social media you want to find me on except probably facebook because i don't like facebook like that so i don't be on there um and i don't have a tiktok either so twitter and instagram and then i'll be posting these videos or i'll be posting these episodes on youtube as well you can get in the comments there people have already I don't know. Come chat with us. 
that's it. Catch y'all next week for episode four review slash recap or whatever the fuck. <laughs> All right.